when you stand up, they will come for you. They will try to make you quiet and then worse if you are not. Know that the worst thing that you can do is accede to their demand for silence. That's the voice of former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who shared why he believes that despite the attacks against this country, both within and without, God's grace for America can still prevail if Christians are willing to boldly stand for what they believe. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, as we head into the Thanksgiving holidays, I know the expected thing to do is to sit around and talk about what we should give thanks for. But just for fun, I thought I'd be a little bit of the contrarian today and allow us to just vent about the first world problems that really get on our nerves. <laughs> Victoria, I'm going to let you start. Do you have something that maybe you're embarrassed to complain about publicly, but it just is in there in the back of your mind bugging you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give one. So it's Thanksgiving season and, you know, these are supposed to be, you know, festive times and whatnot. But you know what it turns into for moms of four kids? Insane amounts of sign up geniuses and cooking. So like every kid has a thanks, uh, they call them Friendsgivings or whatever they call them, you know, these, yeah. these alternate Thanksgiving things. So it's like, hey, sign up to bring a macaroni and cheese to this and sign up to bring. I had 50 cupcakes being made in my house last night. And it's just, <laughs> it's great. And I'm happy my kids have so many wonderful things, except it's a lot. It's a lot. So that's my very, very absolutely spoiled uh, perspective on All right, so sign, sign up geniuses. These oh, are like they, just They're like where you go and sheets. somebody says, bring this or bring yeah. that and I must have. And I literally had to like go sit down at the beginning of the week and like organize all my, what did I agree to for all these different <laughs> things? Because I, I could hardly even track it all. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys missed any. Like, I, I haven't yet. Not not okay. in this group, but I've missed them before. Don't okay. get me wrong. I've definitely done the <laughs> sign up for something and not realized it. I'm really careful because they now have an option where you can add it to your calendar. I'm very careful to add it to my calendar so that I get a, a reminder because there's no way you can track it all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, mine has to do with grocery store trips. Okay. Um, I, I'm just going to totally gripe about this. So I went to a big name grocery store chain and maybe I won't say the name, but it's it's all around the country. And it was late. It was like eight, nine o'clock at night. And I'm trying to get shopping done because we haven't gotten in like two weeks. We don't have anything. Right. And so I have like 25 bags. Um, and I go up there and I, I didn't realize. I think it was just eight o'clock. They had shut down all of the, you know. No checkout people. No checkout people. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> So that's fine. That's fine. And they never have enough room on the self scans. Is that where you're going with this? Well, so I'm doing 25 bags on self scan. I'm exhausted. It's that's 8 o'clock at night. But the worst part is, there literally are these young guys that just are standing just there. standing yes, there. Yes, I knew where you were going with this. Watching me talking and joking. And I'm thinking, it's fine. You have to shut this down. But if, you, if you're just going to stand there and not do anything, could you help? Me. Yeah. Bag something, please? Yeah, they watched me do every single bag. I yeah. was furious. I called my husband <laughs> going home venting about it. I totally, obviously feel your pain because I, I knew exactly where you were going with that because I have lived that. And I'm sure a lot of other people <laughs> have too. We should all like do a little write-in campaign. Like, come on. Yeah. Somebody still. <laughs> well, they're getting a little out of control with this self-checkout stuff because I saw yeah. someone else 
complaining that um, they did the self-checkout, but then they wanted to check their receipt. And it's like, if you're going to do the self-checkout, then you have to trust why, me. Why do you, yes, why do you still have to check it on the way out the door? The other one is Walmart near me just reorganized all their aisles. So they have two places you can stand in line total out of all these different registers. One goes left, one goes right, except you're standing in line behind people that are at the checkout and the self. So you can see an open self-scan if you want to go use it. But you're behind all these other people yeah, waiting you still for have a it. Life. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was killing me. So anyway, yeah, we have a lot of grocery there, stores. Yeah, too. we're spoiled. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to get into our, our redemptive Thanksgiving conversation now, and that is, you know, this this is just around the corner. People are going to be traveling, so we thought it would be a good moment to bring you an encouraging message, um, both encouraging and challenging, and that is from former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Yeah, so we got to have him for our gala, and he was fantastic, and not everybody gets to go to that event, so we're thrilled to be able to bring him, you know, I think most people know he was the 70th Secretary of State um, under President Trump, and um, also former CIA director, Um, and, you know, his focus, a lot of his focus was strengthening religious freedom, and of course, it has to be noted, especially in this moment, that he was such an advocate for Israel and got to do some amazing things related to Israel during his time. Yeah, you know, I think also wasn't he part of finalizing uh, the opening of the U.S. Embassy? Yeah, he moved the embassy over to Jerusalem, which was pretty amazing. Well, I think that's worth noting. Of course, you know, we have been living through these very traumatic events with the attacks on Israel and then the, the war coming out of that. Um, It feels like the world's in a time of upheaval uh, upheaval right now. But the interesting thing about it was Secretary Pompeo said he was an optimist. Despite all of the things that we're seeing around the world that are so concerning, the the way we often feel that it's not necessarily going in a good direction, even here in America, we're concerned about where our country's headed. He brought some optimism that Christian principles can still prevail, the vision of our judeo Christian heritage, what the founders envision can still prevail if we will not give up speaking up for those principles. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is realistic about the institutions. I mean, he that, that, that there are real attacks on our military and our education, but he believes that it can come around, but it all depends on, this was his, his kind of his big thing, it depends on Americans having the courage to speak truth and resist and be willing to trust God that he is in control, but be able to be part of redeeming these, these culture institutions that are under attack. Yeah, so it was an excellent blend of encouragement, talking about the blessings that America has, but also the challenge that we need to protect that and we can do it to not be discouraged. So without further ado, let's hear from former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. You're all here because you know that we face enormous challenges and we must prepare for them and we must win them. You heard your Attorney General and then you heard Victoria speak to these. I won't recount them. I simply want all of you to know that I'm an optimist. I believe deeply that we will prevail. I believe we will prevail for a number of reasons. First of all, I believe it because like, you all invited an unemployed former diplomat to your dinner tonight. <laughs> like, that, was, that was really charitable and kind of you. Um, but I believe it mostly because as I walked around the room this evening and had a chance to meet with a handful of you, I know that the solutions will come from here, from this place. I believe it deeply not because some president or some governor or some state delegate or whatever it may be, 
will solve all of these problems. These problems will be solved in our pews and in our churches. It will be solved, they will be solved, they will be solved at our Boy Scout meetings. They'll be solved by those of you who are just crazy enough to run for school board. I love you for that. You know, uh, people often think that the first time that I ran for office was when I ran for Congress. It's not true. I ran for my homeowners association board. <laughs> yeah, I, I cared deeply about shake shingles in my neighborhood. I, I, I laugh to this day. I do not remember which side of the argument on I, I was on, but I cared about it a lot. It's because of those things. People who take food to their neighbors, people who are prepared to help an elderly person. It's people who will go stand in front of an abortion mill and pray for the mothers who are going there. It's people who serve in crisis pregnancy centers all around our great nation. And so while I know we need to win elections, we need presidents, governors, attorneys general, state elected officials, all across the board, district attorneys in every big city of America, we need them to believe in the things that people in this room believe in. I am confident that America will have another 250 great years because of you, because of the things that you do. And the fact that the Family Foundation has been at this, to your point, about whatever the season may be, and will be at it whatever season comes to the forefront. You know, I, uh, I, you introduced me as the 70th Secretary of State. Whenever I hear that, I, I'm mindful that President Trump was the 45th president of the United States. So there was a lot more turnover in my gig than his. No, don't, don't laugh, don't laugh. I, I checked my phone every morning, made sure there wasn't a tweet. I still had a job and I would go to work. I know, it seems like a long time ago, you miss it, don't you? Yeah. You should, you should know that so do I. I, I. I miss it not because of me. I miss it because today our nation finds itself in a much more troubled place than when I left. Because our nation finds itself on its back foot and weak, and to the rest of the world it looks chaotic. And absent American leadership, the world is indeed chaotic. And we, the good people of Virginia, the good people of America, need to make sure that we get the right leaders that will protect and defend the things that we know to be important. Every one of you knows, every one of you has read. You know that this nation was founded on a Judeo-Christian idea. Many of the leaders who put that there came from this great commonwealth. But today there is not a leader in this administration that is prepared to defend that. Indeed, as you've heard the stories, you've heard the stories where people are confused about how many genders there may be. You've heard the stories about people who aren't prepared to talk about real equality as opposed to racial segregation. You've heard the stories of people who in our schools want to teach our kids things that are so deeply disconnected from what each of you as parents know to be true. And yet we have leaders today that won't speak these basic truths. I, uh, I know that we will right this ship. I know we'll get to be back in that place. I, uh, I watched what we did for four years. For four years, we stood on the world stage and made clear that not a single one of your taxpayer dollars would go anywhere in the world to fund an abortion. 
it seems, it seems, it seems so intrinsically fundamental and basic, and yet within minutes of my departure from the State Department, that policy was reversed. And today, your money is being spent alongside that of George Soros and Planned Parenthood all across the world to kill babies. It is indecent, it is un-American, it is in stark contrast to what we know to be the greatness of our country. Now, when you defend these things, you are gonna get shots taken at you. I'm confident you've seen that, Victoria. I'm confident many of you have seen it. Some of us decide to go quiet. There are days when my, wish, my wife wishes that were so for me. But the truth is, my wife and I know that being quiet is unacceptable. Tonight, when we received our prayer, it was very clear that there are pastors here who are not prepared to be quiet. God bless you. It is an imperative. The pulpits, the pulpits are far more likely to address these grievous wrongs than are the salons in Washington. I'm confident of that, and so I am counting on you. I, um, I had my fair share of slings and arrows. I'll, I'll never forget there were these headlines. One of them said, Mike Pompeo, evangelical zealot. It said, there was another, this was the New York Times. The New York, the New York Times said, he is the most overtly Christian Secretary of State we've ever had. That's probably true. And then, and then my, my favorite, I think this was the Washington Post, this one said, Mike Pompeo, God's diplomat. My, my son called me on that one and said, man, could not get any better, Dad. Like, like, if that's on your tombstone, call it good, mail it in, you are done. You'll have to love my son. My son's now 33, uh, just recently married. Married about a year. So far, so good. Uh, there was a day, it was the second day in a row that the headline, once David Ignatius in the Post or the Times and the other was Tom Friedman in the other uh, fictionalized uh, document, said that I was the worst Secretary of State of America in American history. Now, I have to tell you, um, worst. So my son calls, he never bothered me when I was working, he knew I was busy, and he, but, he, but he thought, man, the second time they say he's the worst ever, I need to make sure dad's okay. So he interrupts me in the middle of the work day, I was panicked, because when they came in and said, sir, your son urgently needs to speak with you, I thought, boy, something's gone wrong. So I, go to, I run to the phone, I run out of the meeting, and he says, Dad, did you see the post today? No, son, I stopped reading it. My cardiologist made me stop. <laughs> he, said, he said, Dad, they said you were the worst Secretary of State of all time. I said, I didn't see it. I saw it yesterday. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes, I've been thinking, you can't be the worst. There was this guy named Elihu Washburn, and he only lasted 11 days. Surely you're better than him. <laughs> so we have a club called We're Number Two, and, and we march on. I, I tell that story not to be a victim, not to say, gosh, woe is me, and see how I stood up and they came at me, but because when you stand up, they will come for you. They will try to make you quiet, and then worse if you are not. Know that the worst thing that you can do is accede to their demand for silence. In the face of evil, truth has to be spoken. We know that. It is hard to do some days. When my son was in college, he was in a, it was a tough place, right? And I did not tell him he had to take on every battle every day at every moment. That, that's just not possible. 
Um, but I did tell him he had to take on a lot of battles, a lot of days, and at many moments. And then he needed to do, to, do so in love because he cared about the people who were speaking untruths and were speaking evil. He needed to do it not because he hated them, but because he loved his Lord and our nation. This is why you too must continue to speak up. It's why you must come to evenings like this to be re-energized and refocused. It's why you need to continue to support organizations like this that will speak on your behalf when you're busy doing the things that we all do, raising our children, taking care of our parents, running our business. This is an organization, the Family Foundation, that can speak in a way that is clear and direct and the truth. I, um, by the way, I've learned a couple things tonight. I, first of all, did not know that Northam was a, Northam was a cuss word. <laughs> well played, Victoria. You know, it's also struck me, I'm from Kansas. Everybody remembers the Wizard of Oz that people remind me of. They say, you know, Mike, you're not in, you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Little Toto jokes and the like. You, you all remember the famous song which went lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Tonight I was thinking, Yunkin and Sears and Miaris, oh my. <laughs> what a wonderful thing. You are... You are blessed by that. Pray for them, work with them, build them up. Make sure that the team comes along behind them and you will be rewarded for that here on earth and beyond. I, uh, I watch us undermine our core cultural institutions and I watch Yunkin and Sears and Miaris try to reject that and fix that. I think about the institution that I began my career in as a young soldier, as a young lieutenant. Today, we are missing our recruiting goals in our armed forces by about a quarter. That's tragic for today, but think about the E5s and E6s and the young enlisted soldiers that we'll be missing for decades to come when their nation needs them to call on them. Now, if you ask the administration why that is so, they would say because young people have lost their desire to serve and because the kids aren't exercising anymore and a thousand reasons. The truth is when our military leaders become politicized and you tell a young soldier that the most important thing you can do in your life is make sure that our military vehicles are carbon neutral by 2030. No, no kidding. Right? I was a tanker. Happy to have my M1 tank be carbon neutral, but what I really cared about was that it was gonna go 60 miles an hour and kill bad guys. <laughs> when, you, when you tell our young people that you've walked them off the mission, when diversity and equity and inclusion trump merit, when you tell our young children that, you know, maybe the military is not such a good thing, that we'll walk away from service in droves. This is dangerous for our country. And we cannot permit that to happen. We may need to make sure that the next generation of those who will choose to risk their lives on our behalf is prepared to fight and win our wars. I, uh, I never, I, I never want to forget, I know we have many veterans in this room today. We're now two years on from the debacle that was our departure from Afghanistan. I want to take just a moment Many of you have children, cousins, friends who served in Afghanistan. Some of you would have served there yourself. 
I want to make sure you know this. The work that you and your loved ones did in Afghanistan mattered. It saved American lives. And the debacle, the debacle that resulted in the death of 13 Americans is not your fault. That was political failure, not the fault of our fighting warriors. And I want every one of you Afghanistan veterans and all of your families to know that this former Secretary of State loves you, values you, and know that your service was noble. Now, there's been a lot of talk about education tonight. That's all to the good, because it is the truth. And you can find scores of quotes from America's most famous leaders that will reaffirm the central fact. Your attorney general quoted Plato. That's way above my pay grade. <laughs> you should know that if we get that wrong, then everything I've told you here tonight about my optimism will be proven incorrect. If we fail to teach the next generation about the greatness of our country, and the decency of our people, then this experiment, this grand experiment for 250 years is at real risk. I, uh, I met just about every bad guy in the world. I spent time with Xi Jinping. I spent time with Vladimir Putin. I met the Taliban. I spent a lot of time with Chairman Kim in North Korea, and I will live a shorter time for that. They're bad guys. Many of them, including the Ayatollah in Iran, want to wipe our nation from the face of the earth because we are a beacon and our existence undermines what it is they tell their people each day. But you should know I'm confident. I'm confident we'll push back against that risk. We'll figure out a way to take down Xi Jinping in China. We'll push back against Vladimir Putin. Chairman Kim's nuclear program can be stopped as well. But if we let Randy Weingarten run our schools, we can't get back. She is. I said, I said on live TV one day, I was asked, who's the most dangerous in the person in the world? And I said, well, Randy Weingarten. And you, you should have seen the looks on their faces. They're like, what, but, but what, about, what about the Ayatollah? I'm like, yeah, long ways away. She's touching our kids every day. You have school districts in America where not a single child is reading at grade level. You have school districts in America where attendance and truancy exceed anything we've ever seen before. You have school districts in America where the ability to teach about our founding and real American history is now wholly eliminated. That is the result of a determined effort from the progressive left led by the teachers' unions that risks undermining our republic. And so I served in the national security space, first as CIA director and then as secretary of state. But the thing that frightens me the most is that we will not transmit the greatness of our nation to those who come behind us. Bless you to the Family Foundation for working on that tirelessly each and every day. Look, I know many of you think I do my part, I write my check, I vote. That's all to the good. But I want to encourage you to do a bit more. Find another place. Drag 10 of your friends who didn't vote in the last election to vote. Encourage them to come here to this gathering next year. There are so many things you can do. Do not be daunted by those who may have done more than you. I, uh, 
I was the CIA director, and I had been nominated to be the Secretary of State. It was my swearing-in. I had survived my second confirmation hearing. I never served in combat, but man, I was close. <laughs> I was walking down the hallway. President Trump was there to swear me in. Vice President Pence was there. There was a big hall on the beautiful eighth floor at your State Department. Uh, it's daunting for someone like me to think I'm going to have this role. I'm going to be fourth in line for the presidency. It's incredibly humbling. But again, my son, we're walking down this hallway, and on the hallway are pictures of every former Secretary of State portraits. And he's walking down the hallway, and my wife is with me, and my son starts reading the names. Webster, Madison, Adams, Jefferson, Pompeo. Dad, I don't think so. <laughs> like, you are out of your league. You know, uh, I, I chuckled, but not much, because I was pretty focused on making sure I got the words right when the president read them to me in the oath. But you know, I reflected on that every day I walked past those portraits as I entered the State Department. I reflected on several things. First of all, I was never going to be. Indeed, I will never be Jefferson or Madison or Webster. But each of them can inspire me, and they did, and they do. For all of us, each of us, we may never achieve that greatness, but these great people can inspire us. Read of them deeply, love them wholeheartedly, admire them, use them to continue to energize and re-energize you when you grow weary or you grow tired. We, um, we would always remind ourselves in the Pompeo family when we had this moment where we had this leadership responsibility to this nation we would remind people every day. My first job was to keep the State Department at the front to make sure our young soldiers, sailors, and airmen never had to go fight. That we would put America first and use diplomacy to resolve the conflicts that presented risk to us. But beyond that, we were always reminded that no matter the pressure, no matter the difficult decisions, that there was a higher being looking out for us. That there was an even greater calling, even a greater calling than this nation and that my Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord, was watching everything that we did. And so we prayed for our work, we prayed for our nation, and we prayed that he would give us the wisdom and guidance to fulfill our responsibilities. You know, tonight we began with the Pledge of Allegiance, we sang the National Anthem, and then we prayed. This is the greatness of America. When we get this right, when we get this right, then he will provide us the wisdom. He will provide us the guidance. And this country will get another 250 great years. Thanks for giving me the chance to be with you. Thank you for being part of the Family Foundation. May God bless you. May the Lord watch over this organization. And may those 250 years treat you, your family, in the way that the Lord would demand that they all be treated for their good works. Thank you, God bless you, and have a wonderful evening. Well, I found it so encouraging that someone like him that's been literally around the world both through military service and, you know, during his stint as Secretary of State and someone that has met even evil world leaders, you know, some of the most evil people I would say in the world he has actually spent face-to-face -face time with, and yet he is not cynical or jaded. He has all of this hope, 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it's amazing, but I think you can tell where his hope comes from, right? That's what I love about him is his faith is central and he has confidence in God that that he that, that God will give us wisdom and will guide us. And um, for those of us that obey him, that if we kind of are faithful, that, that this can turn around. And and I also just thought it was neat that he kind of had this this prayer, this blessing, you know, that, you know, that we would, you know, still be a great nation for yeah. the next 250 years. Or yeah, whatever. it's pretty awesome. It was encouraging to hear someone say that. And he he said just right out, the reason I have this optimism is because I have this perspective. It's really, it's an eternal perspective. And the way he put it is of a calling greater than just this nation. And he just said, my hope in Jesus. So it, it's so refreshing to hear a world leader, someone that's been on the world stage, talking about their hope in Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's why I took a lot of heat because he was open about his faith. Yeah. But it's why a lot of us really get a lot of hope from having leaders like that. Well, I think what I'd like to do is just wrap up today just with a note that even though we were joking at the beginning about first world problems and the opposite of Thanksgiving gratitude, we really are thankful that we have the honor, really it's a deep honor that we feel every day that we can come here to the Family Foundation and spend our day, our life really advocating for godly principles when it comes to life and the family and religious freedom to share the gospel that I get to advocate for that and fight for that alongside thousands of others across Virginia every day. And I thank God I have that opportunity. And that wouldn't exist without our supporters like you that are listening today. And so we want to thank you for helping us continue to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just want to share a, a blessing or a verse that, I mean, a lot of people hear this actually at the end of their service because it's often done as a benediction, but I just, I just am grateful for folks and just want to share a little blessing out of number six, 24 through 26. And, and it'll be familiar to a lot of folks, but it's the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Yes, and Lord, help us turn our faces to you so that we can go through the holiday season with that peace, no matter what's happening. Well, with that said, I just want to quickly remind everyone to subscribe to our Speak Up Virginia playlist for the YouTube version so that you can get the episodes that come out every week. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure to give us that five-star review because that helps elevate our program to reach more people. And happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time.